Welcome to Technology Transfer IP. Technology transfer is the process by which valuable research, skills, knowledge, and technology developed by educational institutions is transferred to industry for development and to products and services that will benefit society. From basic patent licensing to promoting startups, entrepreneurship, and industry collaborations, while also investing in and managing technology developments. We bring you conversations with the leaders in technology transfer who will share their stories, including their successes, challenges, and expectations for the future. Here's your host, Lisa Mueller. Hello and welcome. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Einar Montelia and Susan Christianen from the Oana Technology Transfer Office in Iceland. Einar is a CEO of TTO Iceland. Einar has a PhD in molecular genetics and an MBA in innovation and business creation from the Technical University in Munich, Germany. Einar has over three decades of international experience in life sciences, biotechnology, and the biomedical industry, and has worked as an entrepreneur and manager of innovation management, strategy, and business development within startups, NGOs, and academia. As the Innovation Manager of the University of Iceland, also known as UOL, Einar led the establishment of TTO Iceland and is a past board member of the Science Park of UOL, Icelandic Startups, and several spinoffs. Einar is an entrepreneur and the co-founder of ORF Genetics and Disact. Susan is a Business Development Manager and CMO at TTO Iceland. Previously, Susan worked for the European Space Agency Technology Transfer Network, among others, and has more than a decade of international experience in industrial design, R&D, strategy, business development, and marketing communications. Susan actively took part in the founding of TTO Iceland in 2018. Susan's expertise includes design and sustainable development for extreme environments and challenging conditions, such as in the Arctic. Susan is a board member of United Nations Association Iceland, deputy board member of IACN, an entrepreneur, and the founder of Extreme Design Lab. And with those extremely impressive backgrounds, welcome to the podcast, Einar and Susan. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Yes, thanks very much for inviting us. Well, thank you both so much for taking part in the podcast. I'm really excited to have the two of you here. Einar and Susan, I generally like to start the podcast off by asking my guests about their journey to tech transfer. Can you tell us each a little bit about your background and how you ended up at TTO Iceland? Okay. Yeah, well, my, my background is basically I come, come into the realm of, of intellectual property through um, a company, a biotech company I co-founded, and I was sort of taking care of the IP situation there. Um, I, several years later, I then, then uh, joined the University of Iceland where I, uh, was the innovation manager. And one of the biggest tasks I got there was to, to help in or drive the establishment of a tech transfer office, which was non-existent here in Iceland. And um, and that was based on basically we had OECD, we had the EU and Nordic uh, evaluations about the university situation here and the innovation um, ecosystem. 
And everybody was wondering, why is there no TTO in Iceland? What are you guys thinking? And uh, I got sort of the task to to uh, drive this further and it was it was great we we sort of did an analysis on on the scientific community here and the size of it is it's it's small like everything in Iceland but it's really really active and it's uh, among the top 3 or 4 in terms of impact uh, of scientific papers so the science is excellent but without TTO, we were getting very little out through the other end. And this was um, convincing enough that we were able to sort of round up the, all the universities and the major public research organizations and agree on establishing a single national tech transfer office called Ödna. Ödna um, actually means fortune. And as we know, fortune favors the bold. And there you have the startup mentality right away. So that's basically my route in there. We, we had a conference where we got tech transfer directors from Max Planck, from, from uh, University of Florida, from Norway, also to come and basically tell us a selected audience how are they running their TTO? What are they dealing with? Because before that, you you know, we tend to have opinions. So everybody had an opinion what the TTO should be like or should do. But basically, setting that the setting the scene by having you know real professionals coming and telling us from from significant offices what and how they are, are doing things, got everyone on, on the same page. And that was key to basically successfully establish this and, and getting everyone aboard. So yeah, in 2000, late 2018, we established the uh, established TTO Iceland in, um, and had the Minister of, of Innovation and Industry um, basically, uh, at the kickoff meeting to to celebrate this, and it's been it's a short run still, uh, but uh, it has been I would say quite a success in in several terms. But that's my story, yeah. and I'm running the CC the TTO currently also. It ended up in my lab. <laughs> I'm not surprised since you were the one who uh, kind of founded it there. So, Susan, I'm, I would love to hear your story as well. Yes, thank you. Um, I met Einar in 2018 when the principal of uh, Reykjavik University uh, connected us. And um, I knew the principal of Reykjavik University um, through my work with the European Space Agency, where I was working for their uh, technology transfer network before I moved to Iceland in 2016. And um, yeah, we met in 2014 or 15 when I came to Iceland to uh, see um, if there was interest uh, from the Icelandic government and universities and um, industry to start a tech transfer office for ESA as well in Iceland. Um, 
So, yeah, that's why he knew I was um, into technology transfer and interested in this uh, too. And then uh, once he connected uh, Einar and me, then, um, yeah, we joined forces in uh, preparing for the founding of the company in the end of 2018. It sounds like with both your different skill sets that you were really kind of like a perfect match to kind of, you know, develop and, and lead this office. Yeah, well... Thank you. I think it was it was very fortunate to to have someone like Susan around uh, with experience in tech transfer uh, from from ESA. So so that was that was a a great catch there. Thank you. Yeah, I think we uh, complement each other quite well. And Einar has a, a yeah long background in entrepreneurship. So um, yeah. It's uh, it's been great working together since 2018. Yeah, it definitely sounds like you both complement each other very, very well. And and you've mentioned a little bit about the TTO office there in Iceland. Do you have uh, some more details that you want to share with us about the office? Yeah, I mean, uh, since uh, this is the TTO office in Iceland, uh, having sort of national responsibilities and also being a latecomer into this field, um, then I would say that what we do is we can we can learn from the experience of all the TTOs and we try to tap into those experiences uh, as well as we could. And for example, in terms of expectation management. This is not maybe the future gold reserve of of the universities, but it is has a more societal value in value creation and helping the universities in, in basically fulfilling their role as generating know-how, generating results. And our role is to be the path uh, towards society for for those like like any other TTO basically, but um, there there are there are all kinds of challenges that take up our time, of course, uh, in terms of since we are so young, uh, the culture uh, needs to be sort of shifted towards more innovation and innovative thinking within uh, at least some of the universities and the academia. Um, and that is that is uh, that keeps us busy. Uh, but it's very varied roles that we have. And I see that the roles of the TTOs are are basically expanding and developing. And they all uh, are marked by their local environment and needs. And uh, I would say we may have a bit different roles than than a, a well-established TTO in a mature um, environment, like in the U.S., for example. So, but it's it's all really exciting, and we I think we we really like our job. Yes, that's right. And uh, our main goal is to, to enable science and technology uh, to have more impact also on society uh, by commercialization, uh, both uh, nationally and internationally. So I think that's a great segue to to my next question. You know, Einar, you were talking about how young your office is. Um, and I wanted to ask, um, given um, the youth of your office, you've probably been able to 
do tech transfer kind of in, in your own way. And it's probably very different there, I would think, in Iceland than in other places like the U.S. and the U.K. So could you tell us maybe some of the differences between how tech transfer is done there in Iceland versus other countries like the U.S. and, and maybe the U.K.? It is uh, dictated by the sort of the legal environment, and that is very much the same as in as in the U.S. or most European countries that the institutions um, or the employees, uh, employers have the rights to the inventions of the employees. Um, that sort of lays the ground groundwork there, um, but. Um, being young, we we need to convince everybody about the you know the significance of this. Uh, why bother? Uh, we need to educate our scientists that you know you can both publish and patent. You just have to do it in the right order, and and all the benefits that come come along with with patenting. Um, but it is. It, it is we are like we are run like a non-profit uh, LLC. So um, we are we're not within a uni single university. We are sort of separate, and that is we believe key to sort of maintain the trust because we are serving several institutions and universities. Um, and uh, that means also that we have sort of we have set up, for example, our board in a manner that we are owned by the universities and these institutions, the university hospital, also by Federation of Industries, um, and then some public research organizations. But we can't have everyone in our board. That would be, you know, nightmare of uh, getting people together in board meetings. Um, so what we set up basically was to we have we have a representative from a startup and a, from a innovation innovative corporation and these are experts in IP. We have one from academia, one from the um, Federation of Industries. So it's sort of this bridging function is is mirrored in in our board also. So we have we have some representatives, but all these people are also need to be there, be able to support us since we are we're also sort of advancing our skills as well. Mm -hmm. um, we are very active in the, the innovation ecosystem as a whole. We, we take part in mentoring, for example, in in accelerators run by others. We have our own projects going on. And in general, whenever we can, we, we try to sort of bring forth the, the message of the strategic importance of IP, whether you're a startup or a established business. And, and we can actually point, of course, towards the most successful big corporations in Iceland. They rely heavily on IP. But that's not the first thing in the mind of a startup, usually, or and definitely not of the scientists. <laughs> and then also, since we are young at this, uh, so are the universities and the academia. They don't all of them have the processes in place 
and and we are we are helping in in setting up guiding them in setting up the processes necessary processes so that they can handle the innovative research results that come out they have been a little bit lost you know we lost quite some opportunities i think uh, in the past and that's not going to happen anymore <laughs> yeah a lot of education required there for them Right. I think systemic change always takes uh, some time and um, changing people's mindsets and way of uh, thinking. So um, everything we can do to inspire people to think more about uh, protecting their intellectual property uh, with the aim to to get it out on the market and also um, serve society and um, yeah, work on solutions for the environment. Um, that's that's our main goal. So. Yeah, and that takes a tremendous amount of time and effort, um, and especially since you're, you know, one office working with all the universities there in Iceland. That that's a tremendous undertaking, I, I'm sure. And and we'll talk about some of the programs I, that you have to to help with that uh, a little bit later. And so I'm I'm curious as well. Um, is the Icelandic government involved in tech transfer or not really involved? How, how does that work there? Because like in the U.S., we have our Bayh-Dole Act, our government is involved. Um, how about there in Iceland? Well, I can, I can answer that. Uh, we were fortunate in the, in the preparatory work to when establishing ÖNA, TTO Iceland, then we managed to get uh, representatives from, from the two of main ministries, education and the innovation and industry ministries, to be sort of on our board while we were preparing for the establishment of this. So we could root the idea within the sort of establishment. And uh, that has, we've been quite successful in that and lucky that the ministers in, in questions, they have absolutely been on board with the, the goal of and uh, purpose of tech transfer office in, in creating value. And, you know, when you explain or put it in words that, you know, the society and the government is investing in research, but un- without the TTO, there is no exit strategy for that investment. So you can't really be against that. So, so it's responsible um, managing of, of public funding that you have the, the opportunity to, to create exits and, and, and value out of that investment. So uh, we've been very lucky with, with, uh, with the ministers and, and uh, actually we're very proud of that, that these are, are young women who in all cases, uh, who have been the ministers involved. And based on that experience, I, I say, we middle-aged men, we should just, you know, <laughs> we, we just we should leave, you know, <laughs> let the young women step in and do the work. They are really, are really smart and, and understand the issues and are really very supportive for for doing this because they they understand that this is a um, it's a matter of societal impact and science is is really the key to a, to a sustainable future. 
Absolutely. Especially given what we are facing with respect to, to climate change. Absolutely. Susan, did you have anything you want to add on that? Yes, I think um, the government can align um, more with uh, the scientific community as well on the goals they have, uh, for example, on uh, climate issues. Um, so I think, yeah, what technology transfer can do is um, help the scientific community and the, the government and industry to yeah, align um, their goals and work uh, together towards uh, solutions. Um, that can benefit society and uh, and the environment. Absolutely, absolutely. And you've mentioned the how young your office is a couple times, and, and you're working with all the different universities there. And and I know there are the two of you, but I'm curious. There there must be some other people in your office to help with uh, all the different things you have going on. So could you tell us a little bit more about your office? Yes, of course. Um, so besides Einar and and I. We have uh, Austa and Swedish, uh, who are also uh, business development managers. And uh, together, we, we cover quite a broad range of um, like expertise. So our backgrounds go from uh, biotech uh, to ICT, financing, industrial design, marketing, communications. Um, and then on top of that, we also have uh, contacts in uh, each of the partner organizations uh, we have. So in uh, six universities and, and four public research organizations. Um, so they are eyes and, and ears uh, within those institutions um, and uh, yeah, work together with us on, on um, screening new inventions and, and technologies that can be interesting uh, for us to work with. Yeah, we're only four in our office right now. Uh, so it's probably among the smallest TTOs around. We're still serving seven universities and uh, and several PROs and the university hospital. But these contacts that we have in the institutions compensate uh, somewhat for for this. So, but we're used to that in Iceland that we are few and and we need to have several roles basically uncover a lot of ground, um, which also makes the job more interesting, I would say. It's never monotonic or, or very repetitive. I would say your days are probably not not boring at all, I would say, given that you, you're working with seven different universities. It's, it's probably, uh, your days probably go very fast, I would imagine. Yes, and it's great to learn from different kinds of uh, uh, science and uh, projects. So we learn a lot. I would imagine so. And and I think uh, given all the climate change issues that I know are affecting Iceland, it must be really fascinating to see all the different technologies that are coming out of all these different universities to try and and, and deal with that and, and uh, have an impact on, on climate change. And you know, I, I also know from looking at your website and doing some research, you have this really interesting fellows program that you participate in al along with a city from Norway, as well as two cities from Finland. So I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about this fellows program. Yes, that's right. It's um, called Mimir uh, Fellows. Uh, we met the founder of Mimir Fellows um, in 2019 when we just actually started uh, the office. And um, together we uh, created a Nordic technology transfer network um, that we also uh, presented at the Arctic Circle Conference uh, in October 2019. 
Um, then uh, Mimir was founded, and uh, and Mimir is uh, promoting uh, technology transfer and entrepreneurship, and and tries to uh, yeah inspire people from the Nordics to take their um, new inventions and, and research out on the the market, and um, also for the Nordics to become global leaders in in technology transfer. And both Einar and I have been uh, yeah mentors in the in the program and. We think it's very inspiring and uh, they're doing a great job. Yeah, I would encourage people to to look at the website for this fellows program. It, it's very, it's a very, very impressive program. And, and I think um, you're definitely doing great things there. So um, congratulations on that. And I wanted to turn back to your office and, and talk a little bit about metrics because uh uh, when we talk about technology transfer, a lot of times we, we talk in terms of metrics, in terms of invention disclosures, patent filings, um, things like that. And and given that you work with seven universities, could you share with us some of your, your metrics in terms of uh, things like that? Well, like we mentioned already several times, the, I think the young age of, of tech transfer in Iceland definitely has an impact on, on the metrics here. And and we've been sort of grappling with the, what are the right metrics. And I know this is uh, the issue for, for within this field in general, whether patents are the right metrics for innovation and, you know, for what purpose and so on. But we have had all during these three years, a little bit more than three years, we sort of had I would say eight disclosures. There are like four, five patent filings, and uh, two startups that we can maybe count as 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 ours. But then we are then we are advising and and consulting with, for example, with all spin-offs that have ever come out of University of Iceland, the biggest university here. So there. Are, like uh, over 20 startups there. So we we sort of step in and are are providing um, IP consultancy and strategy and business development advice to already established startups that had been established before we were established. So so it's uh we we just you know we step in wherever we can we believe we can have an impact and and uh, and a role and, and be of use but the metrics i would say in these terms they will grow definitely grow as um as we succeed to have um have an effect on the culture and that starts to sort of shine through and we have some tools that we are very pleased with that, that help us in, in this culture shift and, and uh, generating future projects. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to switch gears and go back to something we alluded to and mentioned briefly before. We talked about um, some of the programming that your office provides. And, and given that you're working with seven universities there, um, I think it'd be interesting if you could share with us some of the programs and other events that uh, you and your other two colleagues provide. Uh, yes, sure. So um, an example of how we uh, create more awareness for technology transfer, entrepreneurship uh, and IP um, is uh, masterclasses we are organizing. 
And that's like a three-day day course uh, in which uh, scientists from uh, the different universities and, and uh, public research organizations in Iceland uh, learn about how to put their research and projects in a business perspective and how yeah, they can take uh, their work out on the market. And um, yeah, what Einar already said, uh, scientific inventions and, and research can be the key to uh, solving a lot of uh, societal and environmental challenges we have. Um, so that's, um, yeah, uh, that's also a, a good, like for, for scientists to put their um, work into a bigger uh, perspective. And um, you know, what we've done as well is organizing a technology transfer design sprint uh, with um, industry partners and governmental organizations and connect them to uh, the scientific community in Iceland. And uh, the goal of this uh, technology transfer design sprint that we organized uh, last year uh, was to design uh, solutions for uh, search and rescue teams in Iceland that often um, yeah, have quite challenging uh, conditions. And uh, there we had multidisciplinary teams uh, working together. And um, that was quite, uh, yeah, it was really fun. And uh, we had like, partners like the Arctic Council, EPPR working group, uh, which also included the US Coast Guard, um, the European Space Agency. We had someone um, being at Mount Everest. Oh, wow. We did an interview uh, when he was at uh, one of the base camps. Very and cool. Asking questions, which uh, which was really fun as well. And um, we had yeah, search and rescue members um, on site here during the event who were also uh, serving, uh, yeah, like um, different um different projects such as the volcanic eruption that was ongoing at the same time. So in between their shifts, they were um, actually here at the technology transfer design sprint um, and also passionate about the, creating those uh, solutions uh, that can be implemented uh, for them. In a, yeah. The search and rescue association here is an amazing thing. It's all voluntary. Oh, wow. And Yes. And it's, it's, you know, we don't have an army, but they are sort of the security um, organization, basically saving people from, from, we have a, you know, very tough nature here. And, uh, and uh, so they are, they are the, the ones that, that we have to rely on whenever there is a crisis. In, and we do have tend to have those once in a while. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. And and that they must be tremendous individuals to to do that on a voluntary basis because obviously they have day jobs and families and that's absolutely incredible that they're that dedicated to their country and their people that that they're willing to do that for free. So that that's incredible. And you've talked a little bit about startups and and I wanted to ask you if you could tell us a little bit more about some of the things that you do in terms of supporting the startups um, that come out of the universities there. We provide them with with sort of advice. These are you know scientists usually, and they have anything commercial is is sort of alien to them, you could say in in many cases. so so we really, need to be there to help them both understand what what counts and what doesn't in in this environment and how to move forward and um, so it's both 
both business development, um, counseling in a way, and of course, the talking about the, the role and the uh, importance of IP and, and uh, securing IP and how to how to basically monetize on that. Um, so it, it is it is a sort of we're helping people who are stepping out of their comfort zone, definitely. But having scientific background ourselves helps in this transition, basically, or, or, or this men, kind of mentoring, because and many of us have been there and we understand the, the sort of the reservations, but it can be so rewarding and uh, to see your research becoming something of value in the society. So it's uh, we are definitely motivated in, in trying to to convey that to to the scientific entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. yes, and we also can uh, connect them with uh, investors mm. or with events where they can promote uh, their startup. Um, such as the Nordic Life Science Days, where we are um, partnering uh, this year. Um, Yeah, and we can also uh, help them with uh, negotiation or or creating contracts, which is also important um, when you are creating a startup. Besides that, we also have a podcast uh, where we um, are hoping to inspire um, both startups and uh, scientific entrepreneurs from the from our partner organizations, and it's called Utvarp. Uh, it's yeah. currently only in Icelandic, but uh, hopefully um, we will also have some uh, English versions in the future. That would be great because I did listen to it, and my Icelandic is not very good. So if you could, uh, it would be great to have some uh, English versions at some point in the future. So Susan, you alluded to connecting these startups with uh, VCs. And that leads me to ask, you know, I'm curious, given the size of Iceland, what do the funding opportunities look like for startups in Iceland? There are uh, quite some funding opportunities, for example, from Rodanis, the Icelandic Association uh, for uh, Research or the Icelandic Research Fund. It's also called in English. And they have the Technology Development Fund where you have different uh, kinds of, uh, yeah, support that uh, that people can get and um, yeah that's often uh, well or like people are applying for that once they have an invention or uh, want to create a startup and we are we are uh, uh, just these days currently establishing a collaboration with the research funds themselves so where our role will be to provide a sort of masterclass for uh, those scientists who have received major funding. So we are capturing them already at the states where they are getting financed for their research projects and and making them aware at that early stage about the importance of, you know, if this leads to something valuable, then how do you proceed? Where do you go? What do you do? And so on. So we're really excited about that. Uh, I think that's a good way to sort of tighten the net around uh, possible scientific uh, innovators and sort of have a, so that we capture uh, 
projects also at the early stage. So we, like I mentioned earlier, we don't want to lose any more uh, opportunities. So, so improving the capture of, of opportunities that are coming from the scientific environment. But talking about the VC environment, that, that has improved a lot in the last years. There are several VC funds here. They didn't exist for some years back. So now we have several and they are getting more and more professional and there is there are signs of, you know, specialization among them. This is really great. And then also we are actively connecting with foreign investors uh, within the Nordic countries, for example. And there is like, I'm sure you know, there is like an increased interest in deep tech investment and which is science, always science-based. So that, that's good news for, for scientific innovation. Absolutely. I also wanted to ask you about corporate partners and the role there they play in tech transfer in Iceland. If you could share with us some relationships that your office and maybe some of the startups have with corporate partners. Yes. So one of our partner organizations uh, is the Icelandic Federation of Industries. Um, so they can help us in connecting um, scientific community with uh, with industry. Then um, we also have, for example, in our um, masterclass uh, programs, we invite people from the industry um, to uh, give lectures and, and um, be mentors to uh, yeah to the people that participate, and that is also um, valuable for them. To get more insights from uh, from business um, community. Yeah, it, it basically gives firsthand uh, information about how successful companies are relying on IP and how they manage that. Mm-hmm. And and we have some some great examples there that the the companies that are really grown and become international they rely on IP because. You, otherwise, you will you will lose in the end. Um, so the the importance of IP shines through in that manner. Yes. We we also, like I mentioned, we have we have some uh, members from the corporations in our board, and also we have you know that some of the the first projects that we that have come furthest we are have just. Uh, Finished some collaboration uh, agreements with those uh, that uh, are also addressing IP and and we regard as you know early steps into licensing agreement, but it's like a proof of concept environment for for that those projects. Um, we also we have also been you know being this bridge between academia or scientific um, society and the Industry, we have also been sort of finding experts, scientific experts for the industry within certain fields. So it's it's a two-way bridge in a way. We try to serve the industry, of course, as well as the, the academia. Now, would you say having these corporate partners has led to more deals or maybe differently structured deals there in Iceland? It's creating deals. And... Uh, I think it's it's really necessary to have them involved 
both as a, as examples and giving insights about you know how they use IP to grow and and for their strategy and it is just such an integrate part of business and and growth that uh, it's absolutely necessary to have them and and these are you know some some examples in in the society about companies who are doing well and we sort of get their view and try to try to uh, spread the word basically into the through our master classes for example or or accelerators into into the scientific community that you know if you want to go along this path then this is what you need to consider mm -hmm. yes and also making collaborative agreements between the industry and scientific community is is uh, quite new in in iceland i i would say and yeah. um so this is all part of um yeah, the systemic change we we want to create and and um yeah, hopefully we can uh, we can support uh, in that. Yeah, we, you know, since we are young, like uh, both Susan and me are young. <laughs> <laughs> the industry is also the local industry is not that used to you know ha having these collaborations with the uh, university. So we find ourselves basically being uh, like translators or managing the expectations because they can be really you know out there the expectations from both sides so we try to sort of get the expectations to the same level and realistic level and so that so there really becomes a collaboration on the right in right terms so I know you're a young office, but I was hoping that you could share with us maybe some of your successes and uh, whether those are successful technology startups that you've had to date. Yeah, well, I think we need to sort of count our our uh, successes in terms of increasing the IP awareness and seeing the enthusiasm increase and the interest in both scientific innovation from at governmental level, at the universities, and within also then the VC environment. So we are we are basically setting the scene, helping in helping at least in setting the scene for for uh, for uh, successful companies to grow. Uh, within three years, it's hard to tell. You know in terms of companies, which ones are going to be successful in the long run. So um, we'd be happy to tell you more after a few years. Okay, well, it, it, it's a deal. I will have you guys back on in a couple of years. Hopefully this podcast, fingers crossed, will still be going and, and you can share with us some of your uh, success stories then. Yeah, what I think has been a success actually is uh, that people um, who participated in the ma master classes and the technology transfer design sprint that they came out uh, really enthusiastic, and uh, that's not only the scientific community but also um, the industrial partners involved in the, in the government. So, um, yeah. yeah, in that way, we uh, we bring together different uh, parties and. and um, uh, people from different backgrounds who can hopefully continue to create uh, together. Yeah, I think yeah. you're you're absolutely right. We we've managed to sort of make connections that were there before, 
and at the same time being able to fire up enthusiasm in the environment. Exactly. And as you said at the outset, when we you were telling us a little bit about your office, um, you're trying to change mindset and get people engaged. So you have had successes because you're doing that. You've got this enthusiasm and, and people are excited and, and um, you know, that will you've made connections and it will continue to grow. So in my mind, that's definitely a success story. So with success also comes challenges. Um, so being young, I'm sure you have several challenges. So could you share what your two offices' biggest challenges are? Yes, I would say it's our latest endeavor. We are setting up, as you know, everything is gone going digital. And within Europe, Europe is setting up a huge program um, establishing European digital innovation hubs all around Europe. And there's going to be one in Iceland. And uh, we are driving that uh, that unit, basically. Um, so we are setting that up now during the during the autumn, uh, funded by the European Union, and and we need to chip in also uh, with with co-founding from from local sources, but. Um, the idea there is that since we are a national tech transfer office, we have this network, unique network, uh, connecting science, the universities with industry and funding. And uh, we will leverage that network in the digital environment as well. And just the preparatory work has led to amazing connections already, and people are waking up and uh, data is being data bases are being opened up both within health and, and national statistics. So they are, I think, there are really exciting times ahead. And and um, we as a tech transfer office are, are basically putting all the digital aspects of our projects toward into that environment. Uh, this EDI eight. Uh, uh, packets basically, and you could view that as a, another way how tech transfer offices are are basically morphing into something else or something more within the, the innovation ecosystem, at least here in Iceland. So a second challenge is to secure that we have the capacity to grow and increase with the projects that we are getting because we are waking up the environment, which will mount to more projects coming to our table and we need to grow. So four people will not be able to do that for much longer. No, I, I would say not. No, and especially with this digital innovation hub coming to, I, I was thinking to myself, it's gotta be a tremendous amount of work. And I was thinking seven universities, digital innovation hub, four people, you need more help, I would say. Yes, yeah. we agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you'd disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If anybody's looking uh, and interested in uh, TTO in Iceland, reach out to NR uh, and uh, Susan. So absolutely. I did want to switch gears and ask you um, about equity, diversity and inclusion, because this is a really important topic that's being discussed in tech transfer offices all around the world. So I wanted to know, does your office have any programs to help encourage and assist women and other traditionally underrepresented inventors and entrepreneurs? 
Yeah, maybe yes. if I just shortly mention that in we're actually in the fortunate position in Iceland that Iceland has been number one in terms of gender equality for 12 consecutive years in in international terms. But then we can always do better. Yeah, well, we also uh, try to connect all the projects that we get in uh, with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And uh, we are also mentoring in, in different programs such as uh, Women Tech Iceland, which is focusing on um, encouraging women to uh, become entrepreneurs and start their own companies. Uh, we also are mentoring in a program called Unleash, uh, which is uh, an innovation lab uh, from the United Nations. Um, and we, yeah, we are participating in the regional lab in Greenland, which is focusing on um, yeah, also developing solutions for minority groups and uh, for the Arctic, so people living in extreme uh, environments and uh, remote uh, regions. So that's uh, one of the things we, we do to, um, to help that cause. I already mentioned that the, the most impressive ministers in their, our government are young ladies very capable and and uh, smart it's also interesting that we have a majority of phd's finishing and masters masters and and actually basic university degrees uh, majority of those are women uh, so so maybe women will take over soon <laughs> i'm looking forward to it Yes. I just wanted to add to your point, Einar, um, about the gender equality for 12 years. In fact, uh, the First Lady of Iceland just recently published a book that talks about um, the extraordinary wom- women in the country and how they're changing the world. And um, her name's Eliza Reed. And, and what I found really interesting, because I've read the book, she's Canadian and, and she's just in awe about uh, the women in Iceland. And, and I'd encourage readers to, you know, if you're interested to read the book, because it, it really is a, a fantastic book. And and I think what Iceland has done for women is really an example we need here in the U.S. for sure, as well as a number of different countries as well. So I wanted to switch gears and ask the two of you um, about what organizations you're involved in, whether it's ASTP, LES, Autumn, and, and what value you think they add. So we are all um, active members of uh, ASTP and have been so of Autumn as well. And um, it really adds value to be able to connect to um, others within Europe and the U.S., um, actually all over the world and share um, different perspectives on technology transfer and learn uh, of each other. Um, recently, we were at the, the annual ASCP conference and met people from all around uh, the world there and, and got inspiring uh, lectures and discussions. So um, that really helps also uh, with building um, up our uh, TTO. Absolutely, it's, it's invaluable to us at, our, at the states we are in to be able to connect with peers and get their tap on their you know experience and what to avoid what mistakes to avoid and and uh, and really really interesting and necessary to to see also all the discussions be part of the discussions where tech transfer is going and and, and it's a moving target it definitely is. It's changing rapidly. 
So I wanted to ask the two of you, do you have a view on credentialing things like registered tech transfer professional and, and whether or not it makes a difference? I would say here in Iceland, it doesn't really have a great weight here. I think we are fortunate that people trust us in the role that we have here. And obviously, we're doing the best we can. We take courses with Autumn and ASTP and just to gain the experience. But I imagine that in, in uh, more mature, uh, more established environments, the RTTP is, is, has greater value than it's, it's not necessary for us in our environment here. Yes, it might be different in, in other countries that uh, the title of RTTP is more important, but in Iceland it's, it's not. But um, yeah, we follow courses and, and um, yeah, keep ourselves um, educated all the time. And it's, it's not like a, a linear process. It's, uh, I mean, it's continuously developing the, the field of technology transfer and, and we are continuously learning. So, yeah. Well, Einar and Susan, I generally like to close the podcast by asking my guests, if you could have any three wishes granted or a vision realized for your office, what would that be? Well, we discussed this at the strategy meeting recently that we would really like to see Öna, the, the Icelandic word for fortune, to, be, to end up as a word. So you would, at some point in the future, we would talk about, okay, this we will pro we will own this project, meaning we will create value from science, basically. Um, but another thing that I I would wish is that our work will prove to result in matching the excellence of science being done here uh, with creating the excellence in scientific innovation coming out of that field. So then then I would I would be happy. Yes, definitely. So more tech transfers and uh, also that everybody knows about us and uh, that there is even more engagement and that we can uh, continue to uh, yeah, bring people together and create solutions um, for society. Well, Einar and Susan, I can't thank the two of you enough for all your insights and time today. This has been an absolute pleasure. If any of our listeners want to reach out and ask you any questions, where can they reach you? Well, uh, sure, they can they can reach me and send me an email at e-i-n-a-r-m at ttoiceland.is. Uh, yes, and um, you can reach me at susan at ttoiceland.is. Thanks. Well, thank you so much again, Einar and Susan. It's been really great to have this opportunity to talk to the two of you. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It was really great talking with you. Thank you for listening to Technology Transfer IP. Please visit us online for more resources at techtransferipforum.com. New to Tech Transfer or a seasoned pro? Autumn is the global member organization for Tech Transfer and is here to help you get connected, get smart, and get ahead. Whether you work in academia, research, government, business development, corporate engagement, or startups, Autumn is dedicated to supporting you through education, advocacy, networking, and promotion. Join and you'll receive 20 free live webinars, 
as well as meaningful discounts on meetings and courses, insider access to a vast network of colleagues to help you through challenges, and a line on new technologies and the university decision makers who license them. Membership is open for 2023. Join us.